Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 125, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from the ACHA and AAU College Hockey Executive Producer David Herman in the booth tonight, joining me, just the two of us here. So should be an exciting episode. Collins is out. He's got practice for Nova. Fitz coming off a big weekend down in the SP, so we can't wait to talk to him next week. But for now, Herm, let's let's catch up. Let's get everybody up to speed. How are things in Utica? Things are great. UCFC went on a little Midwest road trip, played KC, St. Louis, swept both of those teams. Thrilling overtime win in KC on a comeback. Oh, it, incredible. We've got the Utica Riggies one game rebrand coming up. And uh, that's been a lot of fun to shoot some content with with those guys. I have to give some stick taps early to Casimir Cascasuo. He is currently playing for Laval. And Alex, my younger brother, is a big, big fan of his YouTube content. And when he found out that Cassie was going to be playing in Utica, he made sure that I went and got some shots of Cassie ahead of time, both during warmups and during the game, and encouraged me to reach out to Cassie to see if you'd be willing to post him on the on Instagram. Got back to me almost immediately, and it was really, really cool. Alex kind of geeked out about it a little bit, and it was sweet to see it as his uh, YouTube thumbnail. Just a, a solid guy, and really the epitome of, of hard work and Great content. Appreciate you, Cassie. Yeah, he's great. I'm not a goalie guy. I love following his YouTube videos. I think I follow him on TikTok. His Instagram is great too. So, you know, I was scrolling through as I as I do on the weekends and even I stopped because I, I recognized the lighting and everything in the photos I knew was from Utica. And then sure enough, you know, he tagged you in the comments too, which was even better, but that was great to see. Herm, I got to follow up because I sent you a text when I was in the Philly airport and I know you were busy this weekend, but was on the, the people mover. And I'm decked out in my hockey house pod stuff and crossing paths on the other people mover going the opposite direction is a young guy wearing UCFC gear. And I was like, I wonder if this guy knows what the hockey house pod is, because I've never seen anybody wear UCFC gear. This guy's probably never seen hockey house pod gear outside of you wearing it. So I I didn't know if there was any players uh, traveling to Philly this weekend. I don't know who would have been traveling through Philly. Can you describe like what he looked like? And I probably could tell you who it was on the spot. Just a young guy. Again, I, he like kind of looked at me and smiled. And I was, and then I was like, that was weird. And then I was like, wait, I think he was wearing a UCFC, like a black Nike zip up maybe. And I don't, maybe he wasn't even a Nike zip up, but it was definitely a UCFC. He looked young enough and fit enough to be playing on the team. Maybe it could have been a former guy who played for UCFC and he was just rocking the apparel in the airport or something like that. But he was by himself traveling. All he had was a duffel bag with him, but it was, uh, it was crazy. Worlds, worlds colliding in the Philly airport. I'll have to ask the guys at practice tomorrow, like who it was. That's that's kind of insane. It was unbelievable, but yeah, we had a brutal travel day back from Savannah this weekend. I mean, we had a blast down there, but before I, I get to, well, I don't know, we could start there. Philly Airport, we crazy story after a long weekend of having a lot of fun in Savannah. Stayed out very late on Saturday night. Got back to the hotel. Stayed up for a couple hours in the hotel, hanging out. You know, it was such a fun weekend and, you know, nobody just wanted it to end. And then after a little bit of sleep, waking up at five o'clock, Ubering to the airport at 515, getting on the flight, flying to Philly, flight gets delayed. Then we sat on the tarmac for an hour, didn't end up getting back to North Conway, New Hampshire until 730, a 14 hour travel day, battled some snowy, I think they call them something about a snow sprawl. I'm trying to think of the word for it, but it's like when there's like a mini blizzard squall. That's what it is. 
Uh, we were driving through that on the way home. And so it's been an exhausting, honestly, I, I feel like I haven't really slept since Thursday when we got to Savannah, but it was an unbelievable weekend. And I can't wait to uh, to debrief it with you and, and kind of hit all the highlights because honestly, it felt like a bucket list item. I feel like since this podcast has started, we've talked about how this is like the bean pot of the South. None of us have gotten to experience it. And I mean, by n- in no way was it frozen Finley level of, you know, craziness but it was it was definitely an experience that that i'll never forget before we uh we dive into the recap there's a ton of people i want to thank and and first and foremost just want to start with college hockey south commissioner kyle nell i mean he was he was our our rock all weekend making sure we needed everything he had olivia shapiro who's the college hockey south director of communications right by his side who was there to help my sister and i grace made the trip down and as we talked about in the last episode she was the intern for the weekend which was funny because she had a ton of people reaching out like saying congratulations on getting the internship and how proud they were of her to you know be working for such a cool podcast and that opportunity and it was like oh my gosh this is so funny because she has so many friends who follow the page and, and have no idea you know the connection there so it was awesome having her there AAU chairman of the board Mark Purowitz was there Sarge deputy commissioner of the southeast of AAU he's there I think it was his it was his 22nd Savannah Classic which was unbelievable our resident expert to go to him for a bunch of things and the broadcast crew Lewis and Jordan were, were amazing as well. We spent a lot of time up in the booth next to them. Got to chat it up with Ryan Wynn at Verbero. He was down there making a bunch of content too. Two of the four teams were decked out in Verbero stuff. So we actually had a cool sit-down interview that we did on Saturday. So I can't wait for that to come out because we had a really cool conversation about how jerseys have impacted the ACHA and AAU college hockey and you know how it's grown and he played division three hockey at Bowdoin and we honestly it was a really cool conversation I can't wait for it to come out because I think a lot of people maybe see us as like the Jersey account or the account that hates NCAA hockey but we we had a solid conversation about all of those topics and it was a really good one to have and then I also want to give a shout out to friend of the podcast Zach Frangelo He's the director of entertainment for the Savannah Bananas, worked for UNLV hockey back in the day before working for the Vegas Golden Knights. We had him on the podcast a long, long time ago, took him up on his offer to get a tour of Grayson Stadium in Savannah, home of the Savannah Bananas, and it did not disappoint. He rolled out the red carpet for us. It was a rainy, cold day. They were renovating the stadium This week was pitchers and catchers reporting for the bananas and the party animals and the firefighters. So they were running around getting everything together for him to make the extra time to not only give us a tour of the stadium, give us a tour of the office, but also drive us back to the rink afterwards and avoid that Uber charge was amazing. And and it took all of those people to make an unbelievable weekend in Savannah that I will never forget. I'm sure my sister Grace will never forget. My grandfather's telling me I got to get Grace on the podcast someday to to debrief this whole thing. So we could have used her tonight knowing we were shorthanded, but it was just an unbelievable weekend, Herm. So I kind of wanted to turn it over to you because you saw it all from the outside. and, And I hope we did a great job of capturing as much as we could while we were down there. I think the first thing that stuck out to me was my immediate reaction to your hockey players is the best clip, which I think is probably going to be in our pitch deck for years to come. It's just one of those genuinely organic, heartfelt, beautiful clips. And especially when you know about club hockey and 
those guys most likely are not getting those sticks for free for them to literally sprint and go over to those kids like it, it pulled on my heartstrings you were saying to me in in our text exchange about it that that ryan win has proof that you were literally like sprinting after him i gotta know i gotta know what lengths you went to 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 get this clip it's funny you bring that up because somebody commented today like so staged and I was like, whatever, like, I'll let them think that that was staged. But there's actually a cool backstory to this. So every year when they play in Savannah, very new hockey market, they just recently got an ECHL team. They have a new arena. And for years, you know, this has been the biggest hockey tournament in the area. And so players always give out sticks and the players have now learned so much going back every year that there's actually a funny story behind those sticks that the Georgia guys were giving out. They actually collect sticks throughout the year and they set them aside, you know, sticks that get left behind, sticks that get like chipped and they don't want to use them anymore. And they stockpile them and bring them with them to Savannah so that they can give out and that they don't have to give out their actual sticks. So that is why the players were running back from the locker room. They got off the ice, they signed autographs, and then they had to go back to the locker room and they told the people, wait here, we'll be back. I can kind of touch on it a little bit, but there was photographers, there was videographers everywhere. And it was so hard to find space to shoot, to get content. It was so genuine because these guys weren't doing it because there were cameras around, right? They came out of the locker room, they sprinted down the tunnel with the sticks. And I was like, I got to capture this. So I'm filming it with my, my Canon R10 in one hand and my phone in the other. And the phone clip is the one that I'm sure if you're listening, you saw it on social media, but I just sprinted after them. And, and and you get like a genuine reaction to them being excited to see that the one, the kids still stuck around and to the cheer of the people in the tunnel when they see the Georgia players rounding the corner with the sticks. And I, I couldn't believe it. Again, they're giving away sticks. They're signing pucks. They're signing jerseys. They're signing beanies, thunder sticks. It was insane. And my favorite part about the whole thing was somebody left a comment like, do they know it's club hockey? And the response was like, they could care less if it's club hockey to those kids those kids are going to go home and play street hockey with those sticks and they're going to love hockey and they're going to be georgia bulldog fans for the rest of their life because of that moment and that was really cool to witness in person i so fondly think of the the cam mecca and joey colega interview we did way back when of those stories of how impactful it is down south and it just seeing that tradition continue to go on year after year is just so so cool speaking of so cool we got to talk about the ghostbusters referees and the fact that like aau college hockey when it comes to style for their refs i think is unmatched in i'd put it up against any other hockey league, any in the world at this point when it comes to just off the wall ideas. And and it's not even an AAU thing. And I hope it becomes an AAU thing. I hope it becomes an ACHA thing. I hope it becomes an, an everything thing. It starts with Kyle Nell, commissioner of college hockey South. It's a funny story because we were in Ohio when the episode dropped with Ross, who was getting ready for battle of the beach. And he told us in the podcast that they were going to be wearing beach themed referee jerseys lifeguard jerseys for the battle at the beach and that was not public knowledge when ross told us that on the podcast so we actually leaked that college hockey south had a whole reveal planned and they had to pivot when we leaked it on the show and so kyle was uh making sure that 
everything was under sealed lips this weekend and he was teasing the Ghostbusters jerseys all week and we never caught on to it. Savannah, you know, the Ghost Pirates of the ECHL team, they do ghost tours all throughout the city. It is a very old city, a very haunted city. So the Ghost Busters were, were a good fit. They were a, a huge hit every time. So they would do the starting lineups. Cool tradition at the Savannah Classic is every player gets their name called before every game, which I think is really cool because, you know, it's the biggest term in the year. Georgia's got Ugga out on the ice with them. Tech has the Rambling Wreck. Florida has the Gator out there. So you you have to have that pageantry for this big event. But after the starting lineups, they would announce who the officials were and they would play the Ghostbusters theme song in the background when they were announcing the officials. So it was really cool. It's cool to see that video getting a lot of love, too, because I think like, why not? And there's a bunch of people commenting like minor league hockey is the best. It's like, no, this isn't minor league hockey. This is this is AAU. This is college hockey south that they're doing this in. And why not get the refs involved into it? I hope I hope they do bigger and better things. Maybe they'll even get ref jerseys for for aau nationals i don't i don't know but i the sky's the limit with the the officials getting involved with the the jerseys one of the things we see so infrequently with club hockey photography just because of limitations on the rink is just your traditional photo angles what stood out to me on the feed this week was uh the catwalk photography so talk about some of the creatives that got a little bit creative when it came to their positioning Yeah, I will keep this civil because I have a special seat on the hot seat this week revolving around the photographers this weekend. But there was a lot of photographers, like every team had a full media staff there and College Hockey South had media there. We were there. And so space was limited. And I believe it was Ryan from Tennessee, who's the photographer. And he came to me and he was like, hey, Murph, like I know you you got some pull here, like what are the odds I can get up in the catwalk? And so I, in a conversation with the College Hockey South team, I said, hey, like, are the photographers able to go up? Like, they're wondering. And they're like, no, nobody's allowed up in the catwalk. And then all of a sudden, the Florida social team posts a clip on the story from a, the catwalk. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then once College Hockey South saw that, they were like, oh, no, we are going to get in so much trouble. We were told not to go up there. I guess they were OK with it. People kept it on the down low. Everyone respected it. But the shots from up there were amazing and the perfect view of the green lines and the green nets. They were popping in the photos and people had plenty of questions about that. But I guess that's an all season thing. I guess the host of the ECHL All-Star Weekend usually does something special to the nets or the lines. And they did both this year because I believe Geico doesn't have the post sponsorships in the ECHL anymore. So they used to have the painted blue posts in the ECHL, but I I honestly loved it. There was a lot of hate online about it, but I think hockey could maybe take a page out of basketball's book and like, let's let the home teams design the ice. I think it was great. I think it was a little distracting at first, but once you got used to it, I thought it was, it was, it was great and it was a unique aspect to the event. There was a couple other things, Herm, I wanted to make sure we mentioned. I I had my coolest parts of the weekend that I wanted to run through before we we move on. But two stories from Georgia Southern. Had the opportunity to meet the girls from the Georgia Southern hockey team. They're starting a team, hopefully ready to go next season, playing at the Savannah Civic Center right downtown in Savannah, former home of the Savannah Hockey Classic. They are going to play in College Hockey South. They are starting a team. They stopped me and they asked if they could take a picture with Grace and I in our hockey house gear and mentioned that they started their team because of listening to our podcast. So that was a a really cool moment for me. They were doing, they were the ice crew for the weekend. So they would come out and shovel during the media timeouts and they would take care of the nets between games, do all that stuff between periods. And so they were down in the tunnel before the game and we got to catch up with them. And that was just like, 
you know, I get chills thinking about that because I, I sent Abby Lynn a message from Auburn because in Hannah Knight, that interview inspired them to go do that. So like that, that's what this is all about. That's great to see. And then another cool Georgia Southern moment. I'm a big fan. Georgia Southern has this logo that they're using on social media and it's a skating eagle. It's like a retro cartoon logo. And I'm walking around the concourse and this guy is wearing a jersey with that skating eagle. This jersey does not exist. It is only in mock-up forms. And this guy, this man is wearing it at the game, full-stitched lace-up collar. I was like, dude, I got to get a video of this. Come to find out, it's a longtime follower of the pod on Twitter. He was trying to get a picture with me the whole time. And I took a picture of him without realizing he was the guy who was commenting on Twitter. So we met up on Saturday night. I gave Grace the camera for a couple of periods. I enjoyed the second period of the Georgia-Florida championship game. I went and got a beer and I sat next to my good friend John and we just watched a period of hockey together. It was awesome. It was one of the highlights of the weekend and he played club lacrosse at Georgia Southern. He's been going to the Savannah Hockey Classic since he was four years old. He had some funny stories and we just we were just guys being dudes watching hockey. It was unbelievable and that's where I got the video of the guy in the TJ Oshie jersey waving off the goal. It was really fun to see that from a fan perspective and and it was really great. Another thing that stood out to me and we were talking about this before we hit record the connection that the Georgia boys formed with Elena the UGA super fan who's in the children's hospital in Savannah and they went and visited the children's hospital on Friday like they do every year she came into the locker room before the game at the hospital that day she was talking to the boys about her favorite dance is the banana dance and I believe it originates from the Savannah bananas their famous dance And, you know, something to do with the hands and then throwing the hands up in the air like that. And so she delivered the pregame speech before the tech game. Coach Campy was like, Elena, what's the dance you want them to do if they score? She showed them the dance. I hadn't seen this clip yet. So when Georgia scored the second goal of the game and all three guys huddled up, coordinated the dance, my sister and I looked at each other and we were like, did they just have a coordinated celebration? And then after the game, I saw that video and I got chills because that was exactly what the boys were doing. They were doing the banana dance for Elena. Sure enough, she comes back back on Saturday reads the lineup again and they got the win and I was filming behind the net for the third period because a beer tower had formed the second beer tower of the weekend and I was like somebody's gonna score and jump into this thing and then as the clock was winding down I was like this is gonna be sick Georgia's gonna win this and they're gonna dogpile in front of the beer tower no what do the boys do they win and Elena is sitting right behind the net and they mobbed her that's where they took the championship photo. It was just so there were so many things from this weekend that were so great. It just goes to show how the power of hockey and, and what it does when you put hockey in these markets that that aren't used to it. The non-traditional hockey markets. Cool story for me was I got to see you know one of my former high school hockey rivals, Paul Molnar. He played for John Stark Hopkinton from New Hampshire. His brother, Ethan, is a sophomore at Georgia Tech. Paul graduated from Brown last year where he played club hockey, got a job down south, decided he was going to you know do grad school. And his first game for Georgia Tech was the, the Savannah Hockey Classic. So I had no idea he was playing for them. They called his name in the starting lineups. And then I caught up with him after the game. He was like, it was so funny. He was like, Murph, I didn't realize you were the guy who ran this whole thing. And I was like, I didn't realize you played for Georgia Tech. And so we had a good laugh about that. And Grace got a cool video of us talking before the third period of the Georgia Tech and Tennessee game. So that was another special moment for me. But bucket list item for any hockey fan. Savannah is a phenomenal city. We stayed right downtown, got to explore great food, great pizza. The bars were awesome. We dueling pianos, live music. It was it was an unbelievable time. And so I told everybody down there that I'm going to do my best to make sure the rest of the Hockey House Pod crew is free Martin Luther King weekend next year because it is a must 
attend event. So Herm, we'll, we'll pencil that in. We'll pencil you in. I know this time of year is very busy for you, but if we could find a way to get you guys all down here next year, it'll be a great time. I'm all in on it. All right. What do we got for this week? Let's let's rattle through some talking points here. Colorado, they showed up to play this weekend at UCO. Quite the scare. Two straight overtime games with the Chos coming out on top on back-to-back nights. We'll have another interesting one this weekend when Colorado State comes to town to play UCO. That one led to some fisticuffs last year. One of the highlights of the year, that double fight that happened at UCO last year at center ice late in the game. So we'll have to to check in on that one, check in on the Chos heading into the weekend. We had a stunning save this weekend between UNCW and Ryder sliding glove save for Noah Preston. That was a good one. Plenty of highlights this weekend. We had Lindenwood, you know, being a real force in M2, bouncing back after getting swept by Montana State. They respond by sweeping the Jog Winter Classic, played a couple outdoor games at the outdoor rink at Centene. We had an upset in one of the hockey house games to watch New Hampshire taking down the number one team in the Northeast, Northeastern. Then we had Air Force winning the nuclear shootout, but it was University of New Mexico who spoiled the party with the upset win, handing Air Force their only loss of the weekend. They still went three and one, though, and got the W in the nuclear shootout. And then we had Miami sweeping Indiana in both M2 and M3 action. A great weekend in the ACHA. Some other scores too. Herm, I got I, I I hate doing it. I talked to Jonathan Shaw earlier in the year about it. He said he loves playing Syracuse and just a tough start to the semester for the boys in Orange. URI needing a bounce back one. We actually talked about this before the show, the benefit that teams have when they play a weekend. And URI got swept by Westchester last weekend, but it almost pays off because they'll take the sweep over Syracuse any day of the week because it's more points in the ESCHL. So that was another one that stands out to me. And then we'll we'll get to a couple of the other ones here when we get to the hot seat. But first up on the hot seat, this is a a fun one. And, And I smile ear to ear right now because the last couple of weeks we haven't had anything to put on the hot seat that's worth noting. And I think we got some good ones this week so we'll start off with clemson hockey taking the first seat this week they published an article titled clemson ice hockey has no concerns ahead of vanderbilt series this is the headline on their OptumX website clemson ice hockey has no concerns in parentheses ahead of vanderbilt series they end up getting swept by vanderbilt the vandy media team comes back and memes them to death herm what would you call it it's like was it the bills who made this form of social media bills pop- a thousand percent this is buffalo bills inspired from beginning to end specifically with the end this was a masterpiece you said it best i didn't see this clip until i saw murph writing the notes and i was like oh this is gonna be good and murph had already commented on it and was like this just keeps getting better and with reels when you're on desktop you don't see like how long the actual reel is it's like i had no idea how long this thing went on for so i'm just watching because it keeps getting better and better they just keep dunking on Clemson with every single possible angle. It was hilarious. Whoever on the media team made that shout out. Oh my God. So, so, so good. Yeah. It was like the rapid fire. of They basically threw every meme in the book at Clemson. They got the big sweep. We didn't include them in the final score graphic on Saturday morning, but I told the boys, I said, guys, get the sweep. We'll guarantee you a spot on Sunday morning. And they went and got the sweep. Got to give a shout out to Vandy goalie. Andrew Shearson. They're calling this guy the magician. He's the CHS player of the week. He played in both games. He got both wins, a shutout in one of them, stopped 60 of 61 on the weekend, which is insane. Insane numbers for Shearson. We're going to get to Vandy in a little bit because they're one of our teams to watch this weekend, but Clemson on the hot seat. They need to bounce back and they're going to play a red hot Georgia Bulldog team this weekend coming off of their 
Savannah Hockey Classic victory. We move along to our second spot. I'm throwing the URI women's team on here. I think they're the first women's team that were thrown on the hot seat. The Rams made the trip out to Michigan. They played two games against Dearborn and one against the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. They went 0-3 on the weekend, but normally I wouldn't throw a team on the hot seat for going 0-3. The girls at URI were caught in warm-ups doing the bench press selly before the game. I don't know if this is part of the pregame warm-up, but if it is, they got to change it because you can't do the bench press scene during warm-ups and then lose 4 nothing lose seven to one and then go and play undefeated university of Michigan and lose eight one. I'm all for having fun and doing all that stuff. We got to change up the pregame routine. If that's the case, because Owen three on the trip getting outscored 19 to two, maybe we should hit the real weight room more. I'm just going to throw that out there. Maybe we should hit the real weight room more and get some points in the wind column here. But at two teams, we're going to talk about later on in the show, Michigan Dearborn and university of Michigan women's. And then lastly on the hot seat. And I talked about this with Herman Collins because they're big photo guys. But I have a theory. I talked to Anna Carrington, the UF photographer, and we got to give her a shout out. She's getting an internship with the Arizona Diamondbacks this spring. She's psyched about it. Friend of the pod. But I have a theory because they had photo holes last year at the Savannah Hockey Classic. And the photographers were really pumped to shoot with the photo holes because that's not something you get to do at a lot of these ACHA rinks that have terrible glass. ACHA and AAU rinks. A lot of them, the glass isn't kept up very well. Everyone's looking forward to the photo holes. What do they do? They swap out the glass. There's no photo holes in the glass. And not only do they swap out the glass, but they put a giant sticker with the Savannah Hockey Classic logo on it. And I'm convinced this was all done intentionally because they don't like the student media teams running around the bowels of End Market Arena. Fair enough. I understand that we can't have all these 19, 20, 21 year old college kids running around with no rules. These content teams are killing it and this event is awesome. So why not share the love? Why not get as many people covering this event as possible? I think there's a little gamesmanship from end market arena security here by putting these giant stickers on the glass and covering up the photo holes. So I'm throwing them on the hot seat because I tuned into the ECHL all-star game. Sure enough, there's no stickers in the corner. The photo holes are there. End market arena security. You're on the hot seat. Not the first security team we've had issues with on this hockey house tour. We got to obviously shout out the PNC arena staff for, for keeping that ship up and tight all throughout the night during the governor's cup. But we have an amazing interview for you this week. As always, this one's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is these guys know club hockey. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral at OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. That's OptimexSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Joining us this week, we are pleased to welcome back to the podcast, UGA captain Robbie Whitwer, and joining him is teammate Jack Gannon, fresh off the Savannah Hockey Classic. The Dogs bringing home their 10th Savannah Hockey Classic title. Robbie smiling from ear to ear. We'll throw it over to him first because it's been a long time coming for UGA fans. Five whole years they had to wait. It's been a long time. Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit this weekend, but especially for this group, you know, uh, we had a couple seniors graduating this year that had won it their freshman year. To get to bring it back for them was, you know, really special and give I think we got a junior class of 11 a taste of you know what it's like to win that tournament pretty special Jack going into the tournament you guys are the only D1 team right because of the realignment in AAU Florida had your number the last couple of years like was there a game plan going into this or was like hey we just got to go and get our job done we were definitely confident going in you know if we played our hockey we knew we should take care of business but Florida has a really good team and honestly during the game impressed us even more they they I think they outshot us two to one they put together you know, a really good game, and I was really happy to see that we were able to come out with it. 
I've, I've had the opportunity to see Florida play a couple times now this season, and the big takeaway that I've gotten from them is they're just so hard to play against. Like they don't, they're not like flashy and, and skill wise, but they hang around in games. And you know, you guys scored that goal in the third period, and it kind of seemed like you were going to run away with it. They stuck around. It ends up coming down to the wire. Robbie, you were joking with me afterwards that you know, with your role, you weren't getting too many minutes in that third period with when the clock was winding down. But what are you saying to the guys when Florida makes it four to three? And, and now it's a nail biter. Keeping an even keel is something that we've really tried to focus on this year, uh, not getting too high, not getting too low, both end game and in the whole season. So, you know, I was really impressed with our team's resiliency, uh, you know, our, our willingness to trust the process, um, stick with our game, like Gannon said, throughout the whole thing. So it's something that we can continue to build on. But, you know, we definitely tried to make a, a point of, you know, keeping that even keel. And, and I don't know if this is because it was it was our first Savannah Classic going there for the Hockey House pod, and maybe expectations were pretty high, but I had a lot of people, Robbie, you might have been one of them, on, on Thursday night telling me, hey, this thing used to be a little cooler when we were at the Civic Center, and I was not disappointed. I feel like maybe the second year at End Market Arena, things kind of jumped up a notch. You guys definitely had more fans than any other school. Maybe the other three schools combined, but Jack, I just want to get your perspective on things like second time around at End Market. What were your, your thoughts on the event? Yeah, so I actually didn't have the opportunity to play last year. I broke my collarbone and kind of had to, to watch from the side. So that was a little disappointing. So it's extra exciting for me to be able to get on the ice this year and play. But the atmosphere was electric. <laughs> you know, I've never played in a rink, you know, kind of that exciting, that many fans. And like you said, it felt like every single fan there was, you know, kind of rooting for UGA. And I definitely think that, you know, helped the boys, helped us, you know, rally a little bit, you know, late in the third period against Florida, find that extra burst. So that was something, you know, really cool to see and one of the best experiences of my life for sure. The tying goal in the first period, I was in the elevator when that one went in. I was going upstairs to, to get a better view. And then, you know, you guys scored the second goal right after that. And the place, it was rocking, like just the cheer of the crowd. I think there was the anticipation you guys had been down. And then, you know, to get that goal to take the lead before the period. Robbie, like you guys probably draw one of the bigger crowds, one of the bigger fan bases of all the teams in college hockey South. How cool is that? Because, I mean, you guys aren't exactly close to Savannah, but you're still in the state of Georgia. So there's plenty of people wearing red and black in the stands. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it speaks to the fan base as a whole, you know, regardless of the sport. You know, I'm from uh, Denver. So, you know, anytime that somebody sees me in my Georgia stuff at the airport that's a dogs fan, you know, they make sure to say go dogs. You know, you see it with the football team, you know, them packing out away stadiums. You know, I think a student section at Vanderbilt for football won student section of the week as an away student section. So, you know, the dogs really do travel there is truth to that pretty cool to see them traveling for hockey now too so it's really special like Gannon said I mean I really think we have some of the most passionate fans in the world so you know if we can get them get them hooked on this game and it's just another gonna be another Georgia sport that they're gonna be supporting so um you know we're really happy to be a part of that traveling is good because I feel like they've had to do a lot of traveling this year because the first semester you guys were on the road not playing at the classic center this year while the arena is being built which we won't feel too bad for you guys because you got a what 5,000 seat arena being built that you guys will call home in the future but what has that been like because Robbie last time you came on with, with Soupy we talked about you know how cool it is that you guys play in a hotel ball room and now you guys spend the most of the first semester on the road before you know going back and playing on the outdoor rink in Athens but what has that journey been like for you guys? 
Like I said, it's really, you know, spoken to our team's resiliency. I mean, Campy sat us down uh, in the spring and, you know, he told us that this is going to be a reality, you know, something that we had to make the most of. So, you know, I think it brought us together as a team, um, you know, what those road trips are like, those long bus trips. Um, it really gives a chance a team to team to gel, you know, had uh, the Long Island trip was a great benchmark for us in the season to, you know, have some close games with Farmingdale and Quinnipiac. A lot of the SEC weekends, we ended up making the most of it for Tennessee, Vanderbilt and Auburn. We have, would play their respective teams on Friday night, go to the football game Saturday, play again Sunday and get out of town. So to get to take advantage, that was awesome. I mean, we got to, you know, go to the game in Auburn, the game in Tennessee, um, and get, you know, those those away SEC environments are, you know, awesome too, and got to do that as a team, which I thought was really important. You know, we made the most of it. And, you know, like you said, there's there's a, a glaring light at the end of the tunnel. So we're already through the, the tough patch. So enjoy these outdoor games. And then, you know, hopefully come fall, we got, we got that new barn. I heard Gannon was pumped because he didn't have to put the boards together and take them down every week <laughs> at, at the Classic Center in the ballroom. Is that true? Yes, finally done with that. <laughs> Those installs were uh, a little brutal, so uh, definitely excited for the new rink. It's coming together pretty nicely. So yeah, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I think they thought this arena was like still in the blueprint phase. They were like, "Is that actually happening?" And I was like, "Dude, you should see the photos of this place. It's a good thing we got Campy providing updates on Twitter every week because yeah. <laughs> this place is insane. Have you guys been able to walk around at all and like throw on a hard hat or anything, or are they they keeping you guys away from there?" Yeah, I actually did get the hard hat tour. Um, I think it was uh, the topping off ceremony where they uh, raised the last beam. So, you know, it was pretty cool. They had uh, all the, obviously the Classic Center people there, contracting people, the mayor of Athens, uh, the whole thing. Um, so I think that this is the, the beginning of their last stage. You know, I mean, Gannon and I see it every every day and it looks a little bit different. Pretty surreal moment when I got to walk up and see the bowl forming um, and look down into it. You can almost imagine it right now, um, how cool it's going to be. You know, even outside of hockey, it's going to be a great thing for the city of Athens. We're really excited to be, you know, hopefully one of their uh, prime tenants. The jaw drop from the person I was talking to when I said, no, go on Twitter and look it up. It is coming along. They were like, wow, I, I cannot believe that. So we battled some elements though, right? End of the first semester, we had a game get canceled against Alabama because of the, the, the weather. And that, I guess that just comes with playing outdoor games in Georgia this time of year. Pretty much every week for practice, it's like noon and you know, we're not sure if we're going to be practicing at 7 p.m. It, it depends on the weather. So that's what happens down south. Campy was all fired up because taking him back to his days in Minnesota when you guys had your pre-Savannah practice and it was like below 30, which was gorgeous. And it seemed like it was making out to be a great day. And then you guys ran into some bus issues on the way, which for a team that's been traveling all over the place, of course, they run into bus issues driving across the state, let alone around the SEC. But Gannon, I want to get your thoughts. When did you first hear the bus was malfunctioning or was it pretty, pretty evident? Well, it was actually Robbie in the back of the bus was like, I'm smelling something I shouldn't be smelling back here. <laughs> and I kind of didn't think anything of it. I was like, I just want to keep going whatever the smell smell could be. So when Robbie goes up, talks to the bus driver, you know, we go to the side of the road and they check it out. And I think there was like antifreeze or whatever leaking out of the bus. They told us we all had to get off, unpack our bags. And we were kind of in the middle of nowhere. We had left like an hour and a half ago, driving through Georgia from Athens to Savannah. There's a lot of 
country land, not much near you. So I was like, we're screwed. We're going to have to wait for a bus to come from Atlanta. It's going to be three hours and we're just, you know, kind of sitting here on the side of the highway. But we ended up getting another bus within 45 minutes. We're kind of just messing around playing soccer. We had some of uh, the kids on the team doing races on the side of the highway. So it ended up being a pretty funny experience. We met a sheriff, you know, he was really cool with us, helped us out. So it ended up being a pretty good experience, you know, kind of part of our story for the weekend. Yeah, Robbie, did you mention to me in, in the hotel lobby that it was like near the headquarters of the bus company, right? Like it ended up working out pretty good for you guys. Yeah, they had a, a refill or whatever station pretty nearby that had a bus. So yeah, that was a good bounce for sure. Then we, we moved to Friday in Savannah, which per Georgia hockey tradition, you guys go over to the Children's Hospital. Why don't you guys both touch on it? Rob, you can start. But like, what is that experience like for you guys? Because I know a lot of the teams opt to you know go and skate during the day and get ready. You guys go over to the Children's Hospital and it seems to be a, a pretty good tradition you guys got going on over there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it really is one of the, the favorite things that, of mine that we do. You know, it gives you a chance to put things in perspective before the weekend um, and really appreciate the opportunity you have. Uh, you see these kids and their families that, you know, are really battling on a day-to-day basis, uh, you know, with whatever they're fighting. So I think, you know, I always say that us as players get a lot more out of it um, than these kids get meeting us. You know, we can learn a lot from these kids in terms of uh, toughness and resiliency. And like I said, just being grateful every day for you know the opportunity to get to play we really got to meet a really nice young young lady named elena loves to ice skate but she can't ice skate right now because she's waiting on a prosthetic for us to get to meet her over the weekend get to hang out with her get to bring her to the rink she ended up reading our starting lineup um, got to do the trophy celebration with her um, it was really special and i think that you know when you see that impact you realize that it's it's so much bigger than hockey so much bigger than you know georgia like you said it's really one of the most special things we do you know I was really proud of our team uh the way that guys interacted with the kids you know put a smile on their face it's absolutely one of the best things we do and it's our absolute pleasure um, and we really appreciate the uh hospital for having us again I think freshman and sophomore year you know kind of going I was a little like didn't know what to expect going in there and you know but coming back from my third year now I was a little more comfortable and I kind of got a better experience through it being able to understand what these kids are going through you know it's really special to be able to put a smile on their face you know from our team seeing seeing a different side of you know every player on the team you know kind of more serious face you know trying to help others out it was a really good experience and definitely something I'll remember. Honestly, I, I got chills the the first time we went back to the hotel. That was when I saw the clip of Elena leading, reading the starting lineup for the first time because I, I I don't know who it was, but we got it on video of of the guys doing the goal celebration the first night against Tech. Uh, I went back and watched the video and Elena's telling you guys to do the banana dance when you score. And, and I got chills because I was like, oh my gosh, like I saw that happen live, which is great because Kyle Nell, Commissioner of College Hockey South, was telling me the story that I guess Spicer told somebody he was going to do a celly in the Children's Hospital and then and uh, Spicer hasn't scored in years in Savannah. So he, he never got the opportunity to do that. So it was pretty cool seeing that one come to life. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, Hedquist and uh, Declan, they uh, made sure to remember to do it. That's awesome. So you guys got the win against Tech, and then you're moving on. You play Florida, Barnburner against Florida for the final, mostly a, a UGA crowd. You guys get it done in the third period. You do the whole celebration in front of Elena, which was great. She had the best seat in the house for that one. But, Robbie, I, I want to ask, because you guys have played Tech a couple times now this season. You guys are, are, are a lot stronger of a team, probably play a lot stronger of a schedule. 
you know, they hung on for a little bit in the first period there, but you know, you guys ended up kind of rolling them, but their goalie was unbelievable. I mean, to make 50 saves in a seven, one loss, I saw you were there at the end of the game to kind of give him some stick taps. Like, what did you say to him at the end of that one? Cause he had his work cut out for him. You know, you got to respect that battle. You know, I didn't really feel like he ever gave up and, you know, take that many shots and hang in there. You know, I got a lot of respect for that. Um, you know, in terms of the rivalry attack, I know we've gotten the better of them this year, but certainly ebbs and flows, you know, it's one of our favorite games every year. So I got no doubt that they'll be back at some point, but that kid played a hell of a game. So only seemed fair to uh, give him props after the game. And Gannon, you guys got to play them earlier in the year at the Atlanta Gladiators rink, another ECHL game. Like any memories from that one? I know you guys broke out the new black jerseys for that one. So it looks pretty sick. Yeah, I think every time we play tech, you know, it's kind of a special atmosphere. When we go to their rink, you know, kind of first month of the year, they always pack it and it's a small bar. And so it kind of feels extra packed and there's extra energy in it. And then, like you said, when we played at the Glads Arena, breaking out the black jerseys, those are my favorite. So I think it was pretty sweet that game. We handled them pretty well, but, you know, there was a decent crowd there. There's a few fights. So it was definitely, you know, kind of an extra fun game. And then obviously this weekend in Savannah was special as well. So just every time we play tech, you know, kind of means a little more and there's a little extra effort there. Robbie, you mentioned how much, you know, football is a big deal to not only the people of Georgia, but you guys too. Like you love going on the road and making the schedule work so that you guys can go to the games as well. How pumped were you? when you saw the silver shells on those black alternate jerseys to match the football look. Yeah, I mean, that's how we designed them. We were hoping to, you know, go for that exactly. So I think they turned out pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, anytime uh, you get to tail the football team and, you know, get some of that momentum, it's great. We've been taking off the shells lately, like you saw in Savannah and going all black. So it kind of gives us a nice little opportunity to mix it up depending on what we're feeling. And I saw on the the schedule this weekend, you guys got, is it Clemson and Alabama? Yeah, you got it. So some more college hockey South matchups. I want to ask too, because, you know, going to nationals last year, not a Cinderella run, but I feel like you, no one was really paying attention to you guys. And then you gave Tampa a, a pretty good game in that quarterfinals and it came down to the wire at the end there. Like, what are you guys talking about now that you're getting into the second half of the season? Maybe Robbie, you can start here, but you know, what are the expectations? It'll be the first AAU division one national tournament. I know that doesn't really change much because it's the same teams, but maybe a little higher expectations expectations this time around? To be honest with you, we had that same belief in our room last year. You know, we realized that what we have, you know, and in particular, this group is pretty special and that we're in, you know, a a certain window here we absolutely want to take advantage of it but you know it definitely starts by taking one game at a time uh savannah was huge for us so that's kind of the first step you know getting through we've been you know we're talking last night about this last stretch regular season games and the importance for the standings um so putting us in the best position to succeed yeah i mean we're trying to not look forward um you know there's absolutely that belief in our room um that we can and will get there so keep an eye on us for sure like i said we're you know we're taking one game at a time um, and trying to put ourselves in the best position possible and be be playing our best hockey at the end of the year. But, um, you know, Savannah was the first step towards that goal. So, you know, we're happy with where we're at. We mentioned him earlier, but I, I saw the other day that College Hockey South is doing a flow tournament. Did you guys draw straws and that's how Spicer got into this thing? Or, or is he the best candidate you guys have? I didn't even see that Spicer was in that, but... <laughs> 
Please do not put that kid in the flow contest. <laughs> that is brutal. <laughs> I don't know if the official bracket has come out. I know they teased it a couple of days ago, so maybe we're, we're breaking a little bit of news there, but I believe he's going to be your representative for it. It's him, yeah. It's him. Yeah, you know, I saw him combing his hands through his hair in the hotel lobby to kind of impress the college hockey South brass <laughs> and let him know that he was making a run for the title. He takes a lot of pride in his hair, for sure. <laughs> Talk about the locker room. You know, everybody sees from the outside, you know, the branding, the jerseys the fans everything but like what's the locker room like got to see spicer a little bit it was my first time interacting with him i'm assuming there's a couple more characters in that room too we're we're full of different characters but you know i do have to say this is definitely the closest team i've ever been on i feel like there's no clicks at all you know kind of we're a 20-man group in the locker room it's not circles of five in each corner everyone's hanging out and honestly i think everyone in that room is you know a character in their own way not just uh spice you know i think Literally every single kid ha- has their moment. I think this weekend, Pooler and Craw kind of stood out there. They're cracking most of the jokes for the weekend. But obviously, you know, you got Spicer, Bill, they're, they're always in the mix. So it's fun. I heard Campy too. He was laughing because they're making the joke that, you know, George is getting tougher and tougher to get into every year. And he's just shocked that all of you guys got in in one piece. You know, there's a, he said there's a lot of guys in that room that maybe aren't uh, aren't so street smart and, and they must be book smart. And that's how they got into UGA. Yeah, that's his favorite line when we uh, mess up a drill in practice is uh, how'd you guys get in here, which is fair sometimes. But, you know, like Gannon said, we uh, we really love having a good time. Um, you know, we do do everything together, uh, whether it's, you know, football games or going out or you know it's been it's been really special to be a part of and also to see it you know grow over the past couple years like I said we happen to have a really massive class the junior class is you know about half the team to get to get it to grow closer together you know see guys grow into their own and you know school too and everything else uh, it's it's really special we got to talk about too we've gone almost 25 minutes here and we haven't even mentioned it yet but the viral video of you guys giving away the sticks at the end of the game and I don't know if I don't think you guys you guys weren't involved in that but it was so funny because you know we put that video out of the guys coming back out of the room and giving some sticks to the UGA fans who stuck around and then sure enough the next game you know kids are begging the Tennessee players as they come off the ice and they're like no 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 like we're not UGA we're not giving away sticks but I heard that you guys try to collect as many sticks as you can throughout the year for Savannah so that you can give them away for this purpose I didn't know if you guys want to give maybe a little backstory there is there some truth to that or are these guys giving away their real backups yeah well first of all I'll kill that you know myth from Tennessee that Georgia's you know raking it in you know we're we're battling just like every other club team you know we, we we've done a good job with sponsorships at times but uh, those kids were given away uh, I saw the top comment being like you know the craziest part about it is, is that those kids probably paid for that stick with their own money and like you said we do we try to collect broken sticks throughout the year you know old ones pucks whatever so we have a bunch of stuff to give to kids but yeah I mean I think it really speaks to I mean I, I know you've said it before but you know nobody's more passionate about hockey than you know club hockey players and you know we I think that's a great example I mean seeing them them fly around the corner to make sure the kids were still there I was I was really proud of them and you know it's uh it's cool because you know you hope that uh those kids you know go play street hockey with that stick and you know maybe get involved and you know hopefully they're playing club hockey someday and can give it back so it's one of the coolest things we do every year it's always weird signing autographs so you know i always tell people are you sure you want my you know, signature ruining that jersey but you know they they do so uh it's pretty special and uh, glad that video went viral, kind of, you know, got to speak to to the kindness and, you know, kind of the giving back. So I was, like I said, really proud of the boys. It was so funny. You talk about the autographs. I spent a decent amount of the weekend, you know, hanging around in the corner, 
down on the floor. I it was next to some fans. You know, you got to talk to them for a little bit. Somebody leaned over. It was like kind of telling like a kid the tooth fairy is not real. Like somebody leaned over, told a Georgia fan, like, oh no, they're a club team. I was like, well, don't don't ruin the fun. Like these Georgia fans have paid good money to get to the game. Don't ruin the fun. The same guy responds and he goes, but no, they're going NCAA next year. And I was like, oh, so this guy knows absolutely nothing about what's going on right now. And I just thought it was so funny because, I mean, that's the reality of the situation. Like these Georgia fans, even the tech fans that came out, the Tennessee fans that, that made the trip and the Florida fans as well, they're just going to Savannah and they're rooting for their college team. And, and it's, it is right. a cool environment. You got the wreck out there. You got the Gator. We had Uga in attendance. He was there briefly. I feel like I missed Uga there. He, he didn't want to steal the spotlight from anybody else. You're exactly right. It's a huge advantage we have over some of these Northern schools. I mean, we are, I mean, now we have a D3 team and a women's team as well, but, you know, traditionally we've been uh, the only hockey team at Georgia. So all that, you know, we do garner all that attention. You know, we get the, does Georgia have a hockey, t- you know, Georgia has a hockey team and, you know, a Walmart or whatever. And, you know, that, that comes with the territory, but also once, you know, if if you're a, a Georgia hockey fan, you know, you're a fan of our team, which is cool. We don't have to be, you know, second fiddle to a, a D1 team or, a, you know, ACHA team or anything like that. You know, we are the premier team on campus. So that's huge for us, you know, marketing wise, sponsorship wise, all that stuff. So it's, it's a big factor for us, for sure. We talk about broken sticks, giving away sticks. We're going to talk equipment. We got to talk Benny because I met Benny for the first time this weekend. And I had multiple people tell me that he would be a great guest on this podcast. I don't know if I have that that time, though, because he'd, he'd probably talk my ear off for a while. So, Gannon, I want to toss over to you. Like any funny Benny stories? Because he seems like he's been, besides Campy, kind of the heart and soul of Georgia hockey, like always around. Yeah, he's been around, I think it's 30-something years now, Robbo. Also, he's, he's not allowed on this podcast. Just <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> he's seen this program kind of build itself from the ground up so it is kind of cool to have someone like that around just put into perspective how lucky we are and kind of the opportunities we have now compared to a while ago he's definitely a character you know he kind of takes care of our equipment takes care of the jerseys and if there's one single piece missing from that bag oh god do we hear about it <laughs> he absolutely loves to rip the boys no matter what he's also important to have around you know brings around smelling salts for the boys you know gets us pumped up right before we start up on the ice so you know he, he does a lot of negative yelling for us but uh he's also a lot of positive yelling so he's good to have around i was talking with one of the officials because they had him like mic'd up all weekend every game there was at least one guy mic'd up and i guess benny started giving it to him and he goes benny i'm mic'd tonight and he backed off right away didn't didn't bark another <laughs> word the rest of the game so that's great i also i also saw that skate sharper that's got to be the oldest smallest skate sharpener in the world right now yeah, I mean, it's something else. We've had mixed experiences with it. You know, it, it actually be, did a really good job this weekend. So you just kind of, you know, you, you hope it hope it does the job, hope it stays working throughout the weekend. You know, we've definitely had to order some parts here and there, but uh, Benny does a good job keeping her going. So, you know, and he did a good job this weekend. Obviously, on the on the outdoor rink, guys, skates are just a disaster by the end of the week. So then, you know, the skate guard falls off and you plant solid in the street walking across the outdoor rink and you're just like, man, so it's small, but it uh, does the job and an important job at that. So. All right, well, is there anything else we missed that's going on with Georgia hockey? We, you know, we talked about the rink, we talked about Savannah Hockey Classic, maybe the outlook on the rest of the year. I feel like that's that's pretty much it. But it, correct me if I'm wrong. If we're missing something that that everyone else should know about Georgia hockey right now. One thing, um, you know, we're continuing to uh, pray and think about Elena. 
um, back in Savannah. Um, we uh, received word that she was back in the hospital this week, um, receiving more treatment. So uh, I told her this weekend, I hope she knows it, but you know, she's a part of this team. So, you know, her wins are our, our wins and her losses are our losses. So obviously you got a great audience could, you know, continue to think and pray for her and, you know, send, send good wishes her way. You know, we'd really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Thanks, Murph. We have burgers this week. The burgers are back. Some huge blowouts this weekend. We start with Liberty M2. They defeated Penn State 13 to 1. And what's crazy is Penn State is a ranked team, I think, in the in the Southeast here. This was, I want to say, I think the first game of the weekend was like 6 to 3 or something. It was not a blowout like this one. 13 to 1. That is a, a huge blowout another one we had was montana state beating williston state 13 to nothing in m2 action and then lindenwood beating concordia wisconsin 12 to 1 and this is another one that was a matchup between two ranked teams so again her we talked about this time of year is kind of crazy it, it we see a lot about you know which teams gelled during the break which teams maybe didn't touch the skates for a while over the break which teams power play is already clicking and 12 to 1 that is a I was shocked when I found out about that one. I wonder if there's something that we're not seeing in the box score that was the story of the day, especially in these Liberty and Lindenwood big wins because Penn State's a good team and Concordia, Wisconsin's a good team. They must have had off nights, and I'm sure somebody will slide up in the DMs and give us the lowdown after listening this week. But let's turn it over to the games to watch this week. We start Friday night. We're heading out to Oregon. We're heading to the Northwest. University of Oregon taking on University of Washington at the Pavilion in Bend, Oregon. We're actually going to be doing a special feature on the Instagram here. The boys at Oregon are going to do a takeover and walk you through the weekend with their outdoor game at the Pavilion. This is usually a sellout. Both teams are going to be unveiling special jerseys for this event. I actually talked to the guys at Verbero and University of Washington released new jerseys. They actually, the logo is generated by AI. So that could be a first in the club hockey world where we're using AI logos and might be a new trend considering everything that schools have to jump through with licensing and stuff if you can just go and make your own logo that could be the future of aau and acha jersey design so we'll have to see but the boys at oregon will be taking over the instagram story giving you an inside scoop on everything that's happening leading up to the outdoor game on friday night we also have niagara taking on Pitt in a top eschl matchup Friday night out west, University of New Hampshire traveling. They're going to play Weber State and then they are going to play two games against Utah State. We have our eyes on the Friday night matchup against Weber. Sunday night, you marry takes on Illinois State. We have Sioux College taking on Assiniboine in women's two action, a highly anticipated one. Potential national championship preview. Two Canadian schools going head to head in women's two. Friday night, we also have Minot State taking on Midland in women's one action. Dearborn taking on Michigan in women's one action that is number 10 dearborn versus number four michigan michigan's been hot still undefeated at this point collectively dearborn and michigan swept uri last weekend so the two teams will go head to head in the battle of the block m always funny when these two teams play each other it looks like an inter-squad scrimmage and then friday night we have niagara aau taking on st bonaventure vanderbilt taking on university of alabama huntsville vandy had a tough start to the season can they build off of the momentum of the sweep against Clemson. We'll find out this weekend against the Chargers. And then we have Arkansas taking on Mizzou, the lone M3 matchup. Miz is soaring in this one. This will be at the Jones Center. Number 12, Arkansas taking on number five, Mizzou, Friday night. And then we have Liberty taking on Navy in women's two action at La Haye. And then Herm, we got a special one here. Buffalo taking on Oswego State. Very rare that we get 
sent an essay about why a game should be included in the games to watch, but we'll have our eyes on this one at the Northtown Center in Amherst. Per guest of the pod, Will Stryker, senior night for the Bulls, as well as hosting a youth hockey night in Amherst. This weekend, will basically decide who will win the national regular season title and lock in a bye week for national playoffs. UB is looking to win their first national regular season title since 2019 and will be the first time the two teams meet since last year's national semifinal, where the Bulls upset Oswego to go on their Cinderella run of winning the league and qualifying for nationals. We talked about it when Will was on the pod, and Will and Morgan joined us, the coaching staff for Buffalo. They feel after their run last year and going to nationals and winning the conference that the wheels are starting to turn at Buffalo and, and some momentum is heading in their direction. I know this team is very hungry and they want to get back to nationals. So it starts with winning their conference in the regular season, setting themselves up with a bye come playoff time. We'll wrap things up with an AAU D3 matchup. University of Alabama taking on Florida State at the Pelham Civic Center. A little SEC showdown. And that brings us to the game of the week this week. No picks from Collins or Fitz yet, so we'll have to see where the boys are leaning. A familiar matchup. We have the University of Louisville Cardinals playing host to the University of Kentucky Wildcats. This one at Iceland Sports Complex in Louisville. Louisville with an opportunity to close out the bourbon barrel. They took game one earlier in the year. September 29th, a midnight showdown, a 2-1 victory for the Cardinals in front of the Hockey House pod. A clean sweep. Hockey House pod going 0-4 on the picks last time around. Everybody siding with Kentucky. A lot of momentum building up to this one. Herm, I feel like I should give my pick. Do you want me to give my pick first? Because last week you went first, and then I, I had the opportunity to respond. There's a lot going into this because, not that I feel embarrassed, but it was tough. It was tough picking Kentucky. I, I felt like they were the better team, and they just didn't really show up that night. We got to know the Louisville guys pretty well after that game. They seemed to be having a good time, and I don't want to be caught being made a fool twice. So... I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one on home ice. Their best opportunity to close out this series is at home on Friday night. I would imagine this place is going to be rocking. It doesn't have the capacity that Lexington has, but knowing that their team, the hometown team, is up one nothing in the series with a chance to close it out, I would love to see this place packed, and I think the boys are going to be fired up. I would say Kentucky has been the better team so far this season. They, they struggled a little bit early on, but they've climbed the rankings in the Southeast, but Louisville had their number earlier in the year. It's going to be battle, and, and I'm going to roll with the Cardinals here taking a puck to the face can rattle your brain a little bit yeah maybe we wound up with some egg on our face and in addition to pucks colliding with them we went over four that was tough the louisville guys were wonderful and it was great to get to know them after the game with that said my pick should have been no surprise with the blue black and white that i'm wearing right now i'm rocking with kentucky for a second time even though they were on the losing end against florida gulf coast last week I have faith that Kentucky can come out with a win in this one on the road. I'm pumped up for this one. And we talked about, remember we talked about it after the game and you still had ice on your face at this point, but they were like, you guys got to come back down for game two and three. And like, I don't know if Savannah hadn't taken everything out of me, maybe we would be ma making the trip back down there because, you know, coach Graham was inviting us down there too. And, and he's a proud supporter of the pod. And of course the Kentucky folks were nothing but kind to us when we were down there as well. 
Coach TP, but this is going to be some exciting hockey. Again, and not that I want my pick to be wrong, but this going to three games and going back to Lexington would also be very entertaining too. So we will certainly have our eyes on this one. It is the game of the week. We'll uh, we'll get ready to wrap up the show here. Herm, 611 thoughts. We put on our thinking caps and maybe our Elliot Freeman AAU polos and decide to be experts on the ACHA and AAU. What, what do you got for me this week? You thinking of anything? I'm thinking Iowa State's going to be back next year. I think anything lower than a top 10 finish is going to be a disappointment for the Cyclones. I think their step away from hockey did not damage their pedigree as a program. And it seems like they're bringing in some some high quality kids. I would expect to see them fight back to where they used to be when they were a top team in the country. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You have to think that them joining the Midwest College Hockey Conference helps and they can have a more routine schedule because I know that's been an issue for them. If you look at their game totals, they haven't played as many games as everyone else. And I think that's just because it was tough teams had their schedules filled this year and again not an easy place to travel to especially if if you're nowhere near them it's usually a bus trip for those teams in the midwest and 10 plus hours in a bus going to Ames Iowa is is tough so i know they've played a lot of games against Midland and Waldorf and they haven't gotten the results they wanted to against those upper echelon teams in the ACHA men's division one. So Collins and I talked about it with Illinois, the ACHA, I think club hockey is better as a whole and Iowa state is, is better. I'm rooting for that. Closing thoughts, Herm, anything we're missing? I feel like we we covered a lot of ground this week. We had a snow day here in in North Conway, which the, the kids all got sent home from school, which makes working at home a little bit tougher when, when all the family members come rolling in and my brother's high school friends come here and kill time and play Madden before high school practice. Because of the snow, they asked me to actually come and help out at high school practice because some of the other coaches couldn't make it. So got to fill in on the the second power play unit, still have the hands up top, was making plays, had a goal and an apple in the the PK power play walkthrough. So still got it which was a great bye week for the Merlino Steakhouse hockey team. A couple of the guys went bowling tonight. We're recording on a Tuesday, which we don't normally do, but exciting hockey this weekend. I can't wait to catch it again. It's always nice when traveling on the road and then when you have a weekend where you know you can sit down and watch. Watch some ACHA and AAU college hockey and some exciting family plans for this weekend. Looking forward to that as well, but I don't know if there's anything on, on your radar heading into the weekend or we're just going day by day. I'm just excited for the potential road trips that we have. I can't say where, but I know that there are a couple on the schedule that probably after this call we're going to sit down and hammer out some flights and some hotels i'm excited for those that's it for this week's episode again thank you so much for tuning in we will see you next week and as always see you boys yeah.